This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. And before we dive into our topic, we're going to introduce our hosts for today. And so, Beth, will you start us off? I'd be happy to. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of five children's summer camps in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And now I am a consultant with, of course, my big passion being intentional leadership training. Beautiful. And Gab. My name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp where we focus on creating a positive female community while speaking in French and English. Rock on. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director for Muddy Sneakers. We take public school students outside and teach them their science curriculum in the, the conserved lands that are near their schools. Um, so today our topic is helping staff know if their get their gifts are best used at camp or elsewhere. And <laughs> Beth is going to tell us a little bit about why we chose this topic today. I am pretty sure that if we put 5,000 camp directors in a room and asked everyone to stand who struggles with having to tell a staff member that they should do something else this year, not one person would be left sitting down. So we want to share some ideas of things that have worked maybe things that didn't, and how to make it a normal part of camp. Cool. So we'll dive right in. Our, our first question that we're going to talk about is, what can you do during training and the summer to show staff that a time may come for them to move on from camp? So talking about during the summer season, both with training and during programming. And Beth, we're going to start with you. Absolutely. We need to plant the seed, the seed that this is always a possibility, that no matter who you are, how long you've been at camp, how much money your parents have spent to send you to this camp as a camper, there's always the possibility that camp is not the best place for you every single summer. And we need to plant this seed in them when they are campers, as they are going to become LITs or CITs, like in the team campers, especially if your LITs apply to be part of the program, uh, which ours did, or if you have a cap on numbers, which ours did also. So start with your teen campers and make sure that the campers and their parents or guardians, the families that they live with, are also aware that there's a possibility they may not become a CIT or an LIT. So we used to have a meeting each year at Teen Week with our oldest campers who would then be eligible the following year to be LITs. And we'd tell them all about the program, the expectations, the costs, bursary opportunities, all those kinds of things. But we also would tell them that just because they've been coming to camp all these years, they were not guaranteed a spot, that they had to apply, come to interview day, and decisions would be made about creating two cohesive groups because we had um, two months, a July and August group, that would create the best opportunities for the participants to grow and to learn and to give their all to camp. 
And that was important too, because oftentimes, you know, best friends want to be together in the same month. That's a whole other podcast. Um, And we also sent letters home with them for their parents or guardians that essentially explained exactly the same thing. In theory then, in theory, (laughs) nothing should have come as a surprise. Um, It took us quite a few years to kind of figure that out, not just with teen campers, but also with returning staff. And when the light bulb moment happened, we then got really good at explaining to staff during training, and then again at the end of the summer, and again as applications went online, that there were no guarantees. Um, That each year we just needed to take a look at the whole picture, what roles needed to be filled, um, what team we could put together, who was in the right head and heart space to give their best to camp and to grow the most from that experience. So we were just really clear from the very beginning, once we figured it out, um, that there always was that possibility they would hear from us that we felt that maybe there were other opportunities out there that they could benefit more from and that camp maybe wasn't the best match for them this summer. And we always told them it didn't mean that they weren't welcome to apply again next year, but for this year, we were really strongly encouraging them to try something different. And we were one of those camps that had really outstanding return rates with staff because we worked really, really hard on building a solid community that staff wanted to be a part of year after year. So sometimes our staff found that a little bit contrary to the idea of asking them to apply elsewhere. Um, so we front loaded it again at those times that, you know, during training, in the summer, application time and stuff, and discuss with them the benefits of having a different experience to find out that there are actually other ways to do things other than our camp's way, um, and that there are all kinds of experiences that they're missing by only ever coming to our camp or just working at our camp during the summer. So we talked a lot, too, about the amazing things that they could learn elsewhere and bring back to our camp the following year, um, and that we always relied on our people to always be striving to make this the best experience um, for our campers. So um, I'd start there. Mark on. Yeah, and I, I would echo... Um, Mm-hmm. That if you are telling staff that, you know, like, please consider applying again in the future, I think that there's opportunities elsewhere to, if you have some of those folks on staff who have spent time away, highlight their experience, have mm-hmm. them share, um, because it, it is so valuable. And um, and that may be in the conversation you're having on the phone, and we're going to dive into that a little bit later, some tips on that, but it, it can also be highlighting uh, when you're having that conversation during training or in an in-service training, that this person came back and like, look how awesome they are. And some of that has to do with, with their experiences elsewhere. Nice. Yeah, hundred percent. It's tough too, right? Because like some staff members um, on, on my end sort of take this time. When I say something like that, they're like, oh, maybe they don't want me back. They, they sort of, they undervalue it. It's almost like, no, I want you back. It's just, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's hard to get that, that sort of message across that, that we do want all staff members to apply, but there's a possibility that maybe this summer is not the right summer for you. Right on. Did you have other thoughts you wanted to, to go ahead and share, Gabrielle? Um, I think... I think it's, I think that it it goes back to a lot of what we, what we talk about, which is the mission of your camp. And, and for the most part, it's, we're here for the campers. And sometimes, um, sometimes that, that gets lost, but if you do what Beth is, is talking about and and saying that from the very beginning, um, when campers are transitioning into the LIT or CIT program, um, that we're very clear that this is a training program 
it's for people to understand that we put campers first. I think it becomes a much easier conversation later on in their camp career. Um, and, and a lot of times it's not that, that staff members don't think of campers first, it's just that camp isn't necessarily, or this camp is not necessarily for them at this moment. And, and there's so many reasons why that is, but it becomes not a conversation that's a taboo conversation. It becomes something that they're used to and is part of our camp culture. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that framework of, of campers first, I, I think the framework that I typically would use to outline this idea of camp may not be the place for you this summer was always starting my summer talking about growth and that that is something we expect throughout the summer from every staff member. Um, that that is that all of our staff members are helping me grow in my career and my, you know, even in my personal goals. And so I always made a commitment to my staff, like if you have goals, whether they are here related to camp, if they're professional or they're personal, I welcome you to come share those with me and let me help you achieve them if I can, you know, let me support you because you, I want to reciprocate the favor almost, you know, and the energy and effort that you're giving. And so I think being able to say during training, you know, growth is important here and it's something that we expect and we're monitoring for and watching. And then when you hit your midsummer slump, you can come back to that. And I always, during my evals kind of midsummer, always, always, always would challenge my staff members to pick some skill or something that they want to work on for the rest of the summer and have that be an intention that they're going to work on every day. So, you know, we've spent a month of camp or two months of camp, you have 30 days left. What is the difference you still want to make? What is it you want to walk away from camp with this summer? Uh, and I saw people learn how to play guitar in a month and, and play like incredible, you know, like, wow, that wasn't just wagon wheel, like, like Blackbird, you know, with all the pickings and everything. So, um, and, and had lots of great feedback from staff. And I also told them that you don't have to tell me what it is. And definitely had mixed reviews on that too, where, where some staff would keep it to themselves and be very personal. And some staff would come running to me joyfully, like, hey, that thing we talked about, I've done it. Um, and so then when you are later on having that conversation uh, about maybe this isn't the place for you. Uh, and I think this came from Joe Richards. I think I heard this on a Camp Hacker podcast <laughs> or, or during a, a session with him, this idea of like, this year, your growth is not here your growth is somewhere else. And so they, this is a theme and it's not, it's not the first time they've heard it. They know that that's something you value and it, it seems like it's coming from a place of care much more than man, the director just doesn't like me. Um, so I really, really recommend that framework uh, for lots of reasons. And, and this is just yet another one that you can use. Hmm. I think another way to help staff during training to go through this is like we do on so many things, um, get their input. So we tried things during training, like putting them in small groups and having them discuss why not coming back and going to another camp or doing something else for a summer was a good idea, how this might be hard, how it might be amazing. And then as a whole group, we debriefed and shared our answers. And we also had group discussions about what changes a young adult goes through that makes camp not the best place for them in a certain summer. So we got their input on what's expected of a staff person and how hard that job really is and how camp needs to be able to rely on people who are fully invested, head and heart again. And that may not always be the case for a person every single summer. 
And we got them to tell us that people like this make it really hard on other staff who are needing them to give it their all and on the staff person themselves who may not have a great summer, summer experience if they're not all in. And we also talked about the fact that camp is safe, that they know people, the routines, the expectations, but that life isn't meant to be lived solely in the safe zone. And that camp is about teaching our campers and one another that we have to take our skills and put them to use wherever they may be needed. And that just staying at camp, as awesome as that may sound, robs the rest of the world of that amazing opportunity to learn and grow from amazing camp people. So I find that these kinds of decisions always go better if staff feel like you've listened to them and got um, their input. And if you're upfront and honest with them, and then you can explain why. <laughs> I know we sound like a broken record around here, but it really does make all the difference. I think, I think it goes to, I mean, it goes back to like, it almost goes back to like the Jerry Maguire, help me help you sort of <laughs> speech <Yeah>. that, that <laughs> happens. And I think that there is a sort of negative concept of us, of us, of, of, of camp directors, camp professionals saying, you know, maybe this is not the place for you for the summer. But if it's, if you've built a relationship with staff members and you front loaded from the beginning that you're there to support them um, in whatever direction that they take, I think that that sort of, that just sets you up for success. And, and for, for me, I always tell staff member every single year when they're applying, returning or new, that our goal is at the end of the summer is that they feel challenged. They also feel successful. These are the two simple goals that we're always aiming for, for staff members. And, and sometimes you have these amazing staff members that have a very high sense of commitment, but they're just not in the right headspace either during the summer or before when they apply. And that's something that I like to bring back is, is, you know, are you going to feel challenged, but are you also going to feel successful at the, at the, at the end of the summer? And it's important to let them know that those two feelings and any adventure that you're about to embark upon, that should be a goal. And is this, is this going to be accomplished by the end of the summer? And I, 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 like with, I like working with staff members and talking to them about that and saying, you know, help me help you. Let's figure this out. Let's walk through the steps. Let's imagine ourselves at camp. If it's before camp, um, is that, if, if that's what's going to happen. And, and I think it's important to, if you have some concerns to just bring up, you know, a lot of times staff members will say, no, no, I'm fine. I'm just in a funk at school. It's okay to challenge that and say, you know, I, I've, I've seen you through a funk in school before. It, it seems different in your application. Um, and just letting them know that you've seen them in a, in a different light and, and ask them what's going on and that you support them in any sort of venture moving forward. Um, and if it's during the summer, um, I also think, Ruby, I've, I use Joe all the time when it comes to, <laughs> to letting staff members go. And I think that my main goal isn't to fire staff, though sometimes that that does happen, but it's more of a open conversation of, is this the right place for you? It just feels like you're struggling. Um, and I don't want you to experience this camp this way. Um, and it, can, can we talk about this? Are, are you feeling challenged? Are you gonna feel successful? And, and sometimes staff members do need a break. They need, do need to see what else is out there and then maybe come back. But you are coming from like the, the Sir Jerry Maguire uh, piece where you're like, I, I'm here to help you uh, in, in, whatever, in whatever adventure that awaits you basically. And I think that of course models what we want our staff to be doing with our campers.
-hmm. You know, I've heard of the idea of asking staff how they want to get feedback given to them. And what's funny is they'll tell you mm -hmm. one thing and totally want it another way. But I've never thought about asking them, like, how would you want to be told that camp is not for you next summer? You know, how would you want yeah. that to go? And it doesn't mean that it has to go that way, but that's like Beth was saying, getting that input is super interesting and, and ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, so I have uh, just a couple of things that have been said that I wanna just add some tips to. So Beth, you mentioned developmental kind of like ages, ages and stages and it's difficult to, you know, for an 18 to 22 year old to be at camp. And I have seen a great ages and stages session that included that as one of the, the age groups. And so by comparison, you see like, this is how camp really serves all these folks. And when you're 18 to 22, which again, you have to also consider the rest of your staff. And if that's not inclusive of your staff, think about how you want to handle that. Um, but that it's, you know, it's a selfish time. You're trying to sort out a lot of stuff. It's, you know, you're living in a community during the school year potentially, or maybe you're living in an apartment and just trying to like make it on your own. And developmentally, what we're doing at 18 to 22 is not always comparable to camp. <laughs> and so that was such an eye opener to me that I thought it was a brilliant addition and, and an interesting discussion that came out of that. Um, I also want to share a failure story, which is my first summer as director. I wanted at the last eval, eval of the summer and the one on one meetings to essentially tell staff like you are welcome back or not. And it was during the last week of camp. And I'm sure people listening to this were like, that's a terrible idea. And it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. It's great for the folks who are like, yes, please come back. But I had a staff member who had not transitioned well from camper to staff member. And, um, and we had addressed it some throughout the summer, but it just really was one of those, like, you got to grow up some more before you come back here. And Fortunately, it was a one-week session, and I told her on a Wednesday, and she left the office crying and was super upset, and and then, like, I was dealing. I mean, she actually did a pretty good job kind of putting on her big girl pants and going forward, but I, that was a really big blow that I delivered to her. Like, this place that she loves, I now told her, like, you're not welcome back here next year, um, and I think I was thinking at the time, like, this is great. She'll have a couple days to, like, you know, really take in these last couple days, and it was just a terrible, terrible idea. So I don't recommend having that conversation um, unless you're asked and, and you might be, you know? Um, and if somebody asks, I think you ask, you ask back, like, are you really ready to have this conversation right now? And do you think you can do your work effectively no matter what I say? Um, and, and that may cause them some pause, but I, I would really encourage them to think about that before continuing with that conversation. So please learn from my mistakes. I also, I also think that um, that age group of people, they can change a whole lot from August to January or February when you're now going to have staff interviews or applications yeah. or that kind of, and a whole lot can happen to them, especially if they're going off to university or college for the first time. Uh, they may, you know, you may tell them you want them back and then they apply and they are not the same person. You're thinking, I do not want this person working at camp this year. What happened to you? Or the reverse. So um, I never find the end of summer to be the greatest time for that. Not just in terms of what Ruby said, but also because they do change so, so much That's in true. that um, time of their life. And so you just don't know until it's application time. Yeah. And I find that, I find that September and October is almost like, it's almost where the subconscious sorts through all of their own little lessons and the yeah. stuff that you gave them during the summer. 
And I like to ask them in their interview, who will I see next summer? You know, once, once that you've, everything's processed, what, what's going to be different? Um, and there's, and I love hearing the enlightenment, you know, that, that, um, that comes from it. But if there's no enlightenment, then I know we might need to have another discussion about, is this the right place? Because if they can't see a shift and they're in, they are in the age group of being in, in constant development then then we talk about you know i noticed that there wasn't not much shift that you can see in yourself i want to see a shift let's discuss where's the right place for you so that that shift can happen Mm -hmm. i love that beth did you have anything else you wanted to add on to this question no i think i think i'm good for that one i've got some stuff for the other question yeah awesome anything else from you gab no, let's let's keep trekking. <laughs> I've got one more. Sorry. I okay, go. No, uh, don't be s- <laughs> sorry for giving us amazing information. <laughs> Continue. Uh, Ruby. So two two quick pieces. I know we've talked about on this podcast before about alumni letters. I think that's a cool way during staff training to show that you as a staff member may come to a point when you don't come back here and look, you can still have an impact and share and be a part of this community. And um, so I just think that's a really, again, an impactful activity that does lots of things. And that's one of them that you may not have thought about. The second thing is, um, (laughs) are there ways to creatively or subtly let camp staff know at some point throughout the summer, like camp will go on without you. And I have this really specific memory of hearing a staff member say that about another staff member who had come back to visit. She wasn't working that summer and she came to eat lunch with us. And this one staff member leaned over to me and she was like, man, she is talking like she owns this place. And I want to say, honey, camp will go on without you. <laughs> and I remember her saying it about that person, but feeling like she was looking at me and, and into my soul. And it was almost like this permission down the road when I decide to leave camp, like it's okay. Camp will go on without you. Um, so it, that may just have to be happenstance, but I think it's an important lesson for our staff to hear somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Cool. So we recognize that these are all tips that you know are coming up and um, you may want to implement for this summer, but that you're having probably some of these conversations right now and maybe without laying some of this foundation. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about any tips that this group has about um, having those conversations right now and and helping directors do those more successfully. So Beth, you wanna start us off? Yeah, these conversations, even with all this front loading that I've talked about and that Gavin Ruby have talked about, are still gonna be incredibly difficult, likely. Nobody wants to hear that they are not wanted or needed or that camp can go on without them because this is what they'll hear no matter what you say for some of them. And camp staff who see camp as their second home have a lot of difficulty with that. So the best conversations for me were the ones where I asked a lot of questions and got them to the point where hopefully that they could see it just wasn't the best fit for them for this year. But in my experience, the vast majority of them will fight this, even if they know deep down that it's true. 
because it's really hard not to come back to camp when all your best friends are coming and when it's something you've always done and where there is this job that you've always dreamed of doing. And you tell me that ever since you were a young camper, you knew there would come a day when you would do that certain job. And it was the, always the LIT director's job for some reason. But anyway, um, and you know that this year is the year that you're supposed to do this. <laughs> Um, and you've been waiting a decade to do it and now you're ready and I know that this is just not going to happen and it really does suck. So being honest and not leading them on or offering them hope that maybe it might work out when you know it is just not the right year for them is just really the only way to go. And I think in that conversation after you've kind of had those questions and got them to sort of think about things, I think it's time there to thank them for all the years of service to camp so far and for sharing with them the legacy that they are leaving at camp. So some really specific things that they've done to make camp better and letting them know that door is not closing. But I mean, this is not a situation where you fired somebody and they're not welcome back at camp, but that they're always welcome and that there are other ways that they contribute to camp, um, can contribute to camp, like through work weekends or, you know, writing your letters to staff throughout the summer or attending fundraisers, whatever it happens to be. And that maybe next year they might want to come back or the year after that or the year after that, but that this coming summer they really need to expand their horizons and take a leap and try something different. That sounds all really cliche, but. Um, and grow as a person because this is what's best for them, but it's also what's best for camp. And because of all these honest discussions that you've had with your staff already, they already know this. But here is where you remind them that their goal at camp is for each person to become their best self. And that requires a growth mindset. It often requires change, requires doing hard things. Um, stretching themselves to new limits. Man, I'm full of cliches today. Um, and now is a time that they, here's another one, take a leap of faith. Um, and then being really great, being a great camp professional and checking in with them. So sending them job opportunities their way that you've come across. Maybe they're not camp ones, but ones you think that might be a good fit or writing letters of reference for them if you feel that that's something that you could do um, well and by that I mean I was always very honest in a letter of reference so if I didn't feel I could do it well I wasn't offering that um, I would do it if I was asked but I wasn't offering if I didn't feel it was going to be a good one and then keeping in touch and staying connected so that they know that they're not forgotten and you still care about them as a human being I think that's what we do as camp people and certainly during the summer we get caught up in whatever's right in front of us on that 30 acres or 200 acres or one acre or whatever it happens to be, but um, just making them feel like you haven't sort of cut them off and now they don't have an, a, con a connection with you or camp anymore. So that's where I'd go with that. Right on. Love that. It's so nice yeah. to, I was just going to say, I, I think that, I think that's what's is scary for a lot of staff members. I think a lot of staff members know that maybe it's like subconsciously it's time to move on, mm -hmm. but they, I think most of them do. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is that you, we, but we've built a family for them and the, you know, we, we've built collectively, we have built a family, not you as an yeah. individual, but a family has been constructed and they feel part of that. And there's this fear that when they leave, they're no longer part of the family. And that, for me, that's, that's just devastating. And, and when you're in your early twenties and you know, this is where you've grown as an individual. This is where you've, you've proved yourself. This is where you've discovered yourself. This is where you have the strongest friendships. Of course, it's difficult to leave when it's time to leave. And if you can let them know, you know, I still care about you. 
you are still part of this family. Part of what we do at camp is to build the wings that you have so that you can bring this great work to other places. We want to hear from you. We want, but, but this is your wings are, you know, it's, it's not here anymore. You need to stretch them out somewhere else, but that doesn't mean you're not part of this family. And I think that's something, I think that's what sometimes stops people from leaving when they need to leave. It, it, it's, it's that they're no longer be, going to be part of this family um, and making sure that not making sure, but if it's appropriate, allowing them to continue to be connected to the camp is, is something that is, is extremely important. Yeah. It's another instance where FOMO comes into play, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Cause they know that all these great things will happen all summer and they won't be a part of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So running off of that, I, one, another option to consider is, um, is it possible or reasonable for this person to come back for just a week or two? Uh, and come work a session. You know, I, I tend to want to encourage folks to go, go explore, go elsewhere. Um, and potentially offering the like, hey, you know how camp is, people drop out. And if you're interested, I can put you on that, that kind of short list of folks that I would call first, if we get in a really sticky situation, it'd probably be the second half of the summer, because again, you know how it goes. Um, and sometimes those folks will come in so re-energized and like pumped because they're pumped to be there. And when they can come in that second half of the summer and be that energy and, and gratitude, that can be really cool. So um, use that cautiously, but I, I think that can be another way that they can not totally miss out um, and still contribute. Um, and, and I just, it's another way to kind of leave the door open for the right candidate to say like, if you get to this summer and, and like you really haven't found anything else, like reach out. Or if you find yourself with a couple of weeks, reach out. You just never know because that always seems to be when somebody has quit or, you know, grandma died or whatever, and you need somebody right now and that email comes in. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I don't know. Don't be scared of that. I yeah. Guess I say. Can I just add Ruby to that, that I would caution camps who are bringing in somebody for like a week or two or a session, whatever. Um, to be f really um, front-loading the returning staff, like all the staff that you have, when those individuals come for a week or two, before they arrive, to ask the staff how you think this person's going to feel coming in. Um, and, um, you know, just to kind of think that through, because I have found that some people find that even more difficult than not coming back at all. Um, until we started to front load and talk about those kinds of things because um, they feel like oh, stuff's been going on for a month. I've missed all the in-jokes. I've missed all this funny stuff that's happened. I don't know what memories you're talking about here, and I feel like I'm not connected to you the way I used to be. So just kind of front-loading that with the rest of the staff before people do come. And we used to have alumni come all the time. Like They might be teachers, but they wanted to come for a week, and, and that was really normal practice for us. But we always talked about how they might be feeling and how we could make sure they felt included. Great. And Gab? Yeah, I, I, was, I was just going to, to go off of what uh, Beth was talking about. And I, I sort of forgot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens to me. It's super rare. rare. Um, <laughs> I was just talking about front-loading ah, uh, staff yes. before someone comes in. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, yeah. And I think, thank you so much. And I think that for... Uh, yeah, before staff members come in and you want to let, I mean, one of the things that is that we teach our staff at the beginning of, of camp, returning staff, that, you know, something like 
inside jokes is not appropriate around somebody that hasn't experienced it. And if you do want to bring it up, it's very important that you acknowledge that person that wasn't there and explain it. So I think, I hope that's transitions into somebody that wasn't um, at camp during that time. It was a past staff member. I have a couple of positions at camp um, that are re reserved for different stages of staff members that don't return. So for staff members that were leadership team members with us that um, can only commit to a certain period of time, but can't be part of staff training, et cetera, et cetera, we have a two week period, which is called a, a veteran position. They get paid for this position, but they do whatever is needed on camp. And, it's, and this is usually reserved for staff members that have graduated from university, have a job, are invaluable to camp and camp's invaluable to them and they want to commit sometimes and, I, and I've had I've had doctors that you know were in their early 50s that would take this position because kind of it's what rejuvenated them during the year but obviously we just benefited from this person being at camp. Um, I also have positions for staff members um, again maybe because of school or for work and they're transitioning into becoming a lawyer etc um, but they were the past head of arts and crafts let's just say and they can come in for about five days at the beginning of camp as campers are arriving and they're really helping that staff member, that head of arts and crafts to transition into being head of arts and crafts. And they really understand that they're not there to lead, but they're there to assist and then debrief with that head afterwards. So they're, they're what we call a mentor. And then the other positions are really throughout camp during opening days and visitors days where it's a little bit more chaotic if they're a past staff member, they know exactly what the, what's expected of them because they've gone through it before. And it's just an overnight experience. So they come for, you know, um, you know, a day and a half and basically have one night over and then they, they leave the next day. And, and this has allowed me to not close my doors to staff members that, that couldn't come back for a whole summer or staff members that, you know what, it just wasn't the right summer for them to come back, but they can still participate and I find having especially those visitors day and opening day slash closing days available anybody that wants to come and volunteer those positions are available and they know what's expected and it is a very intensive day and everybody has a position I've tried in the past to have staff members come for three or four days randomly throughout the summer and it's really broken the rhythm of our staff it, and they just want to reminisce and that's not, that's not the time for camp, is, is that reminisce. Uh, reminiscing doesn't work at that time, it works after camp. So, um, so for me, we've, we've said no to anybody that said, can I just come in, I'll teach canoeing. What they really want is to reminisce and be up at camp. So it's, it's finding those times, and I found that to be really useful. Sweet. Thanks, Gab. Um, a, a couple other notes that I have on those conversations. Sometimes when you have these conversations with staff applicants, the parents end up calling because they're longtime campers and you end up having that conversation where you have parents that are like, I paid this much money for my kid to come to camp and why are they not on staff? And one of the best responses I've heard was from a friend of mine. He said, you know, what makes a great camper does not always translate to making a great staff member. And that is hard to hear. But I think when you can unpack, like these are some of the real strengths we saw in your camper when they were here and we are looking for something really different in our staff um, so that's that's you know doesn't work with everybody but if you have that moment 
Um, I love the idea of offering to help find other jobs. Um, I was most connected in the camping industry within Western North Carolina and, and most of those folks I could pick up the phone and be like, hey, you should really hire this person. And assuming it was somebody that I wanted to stick my neck out for, <laughs> um, that I would offer that to folks and say, hey, like, I'm, I, if you want to be at camp this summer, I, I think a, a, an experience at another camp would be fantastic for you. Let me help you make that happen. Um, and sometimes also talking about that the talents that you're bringing to the, the table, um, we, we're good, like we've got what we need for that, <laughs> you know, and that this team is different from last year and maybe there's changes that you're trying to create that that person doesn't fit into that culture. And I think again, what Beth said about asking lots of questions and figuring out where they are and then being able to say like, the skills and talents that you have are fantastic and, and that is not a need this year. Um, and so we need to devote our resources to the skills and talents that we're still looking for, you know? Um, and maybe that person says, man, I really wanna be a kayaking instructor. And it's like, well, <laughs> we can set you up as being a learner, but like we need somebody who is super expert and this is what we have available. And I think as the spring progresses, that becomes an easier conversation to have to say like, we just simply don't have room this year. You gotta decide sooner. Cool. Any other thoughts? I think we're ready for a recap. Recap, recap. It's recap time, recap time. Well, this is a touchy subject, right? Like when to move on from camp. And it's sensitive because it, it's as if, you know, you have your children living at home and you're saying gently, okay, mama's proud for the bird to leave the nest now. How do you do that in a gentle way? Well, here are a couple of ways you can do that in a gentle way. And speaking of birds, you need to plant the seeds. And one of the seed is our camp culture is camper first. And what makes a great camper doesn't always make a great staff member, maybe dot, 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 yet. Um, however, if you do birdie, fly away, you might be able to come back. And that's really important to, to tell somebody. But as Joe Richards likes to say, this year is not your place of growth. Uh, make sure you, if you can, help them provide them with a new home, a new nest, and provide them with different opportunities, job opportunities. Um, you know, as Jerry Maguire would say, help me help you. Let them know that we're very appreciative for the work that they've done. And you know what's great is to do a little session on ages and stages, including six to 26, because they're all in still a very high growth development stage. Um, camp will go on without you is a harsh lesson to learn, but a good one because actually it allows them to leave the nest feeling like everything will be okay. And we want to let them know that we care about them. And growth is one of our number one goals and if that can't happen at camp we want to help them do that elsewhere and uh, that's our recap for today well done nice well if you want to get involved with our podcast you can join us using the hashtag camp code and we'd love to hear what topics you'd like to discuss any guests that you recommend we talk to any great leadership training tips that you have to share uh, we want to hear from you we're all about sharing in this industry and if you found this podcast to be useful uh, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. You can do that by going to camphacker.tv uh, slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv 
slash camp code love. I just, I think my dog has found the possum that's been hanging out outside. I just want to give a big shout out to Aqua3017, Bob Eterpstra, Allison Vining, Cricket MSV, Emmy at LS, and Darby Dame for reaving, leaving reviews on iTunes as well as the several other listeners that have left us ratings. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Your feedback really helps keep the show going and we appreciate you. Again, you can leave us a review at camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. So speaking of being in touch, we want to let you know how to get in touch with us if you want to follow up on anything we talked about today or want to submit other topic ideas. So Beth. Yep. Our website is camphacker.tv. You can reach me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. And uh, we're on Twitter using the hashtag camphacker. And Gabrielle. Uh, you can check out where I work at waro.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. Rock on. And you can shoot me an email at rubylin85 at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, rubylin85, and on Instagram, rubyoutdoors. Beth is going to tell us what we're going to talk about on our next podcast. Our next podcast is going to be about designing training for volunteers. And I'm excited about this one because it's something I never did well. Mm -hmm. uh, I always tried to, but it was almost like an afterthought every time uh, for people who wanted to volunteer their time, but they still needed training and they still needed support. So I think it'll be a good podcast. Rock on. So our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And Beth has this week's practice. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we'd call it a best practice because to my knowledge, it's never been done before. Um, but it's just <laughs> something I dreamed up. So I wonder if it would work in this case. So I've been thinking about it since the three of us decided to do this podcast topic. And I wonder if after a session during training where you did that whole discussion about this possibility that staff don't always come back year after year, that whole thing I talked about earlier, and talked about how people would feel and getting their input as to why it may not always be best to have people back year after year, if you then ask them to write you a short letter on their own. So my idea is get each person to write to you giving them a format and asking them to fill in the blanks. And it might say something like this, dear blank, and that would be your name. If I'm ever exhibiting these behaviors, please sit me down and have the talk with me. And then get them to fill that in, decide what those would be. What would it look like if they should be considering something else for a summer and get them to really think about it. And then their next section might be, I'll be scared to leave camp and try something new. But if you say these things to me, it'll be helpful. So what do they want to hear? What would make it doable for them? And get them to envision this conversation. I'm not saying that I think this idea will remove all the um, trouble that it could cause you or stress. I'm just wondering if it's um, something you can do. And maybe as part of your letter, that format that you give them, it could say something like, I know you're only thinking of the best interests of camp and of me. And I also know that I will always have a place here and this will always be my home. And here are ways in which I would like to have this conversation, which is funny that I was thinking that because Gabrielle thought the same thing, I think. Um, and do they want you to just come out with it straight up? Do they want you to have that over coffee and ease them into it? Do they want a phone call, a Skype call, an email? Like what, what, how do they want to do it? And then add your own ending. How do you want to end this letter to me? and give it to them. And then what I would do is put them in partners after they've had time to fill this out 
and have them share one, with one other person so they have to actually say it out loud. And I tell them up front that they're going to do this so that they don't put anything super personal that they'll be uncomfortable with. But I think it will make it more real if they say it out loud and then it won't be quite as scary as um, it could be when it happens or if it happens. And then they will also know that it's something that you're doing to make sure that everybody there each year is there to give it 100% and you want the staff members to have the most amazing growth experience with camp and that they may have gone as far as you can take them and it's time for somebody else to take them further. So I would, as always, front load it, tell them why and walk them through it. And I wonder if that letter might do something to kind of help with that. That's awesome. Well, hey, if you try that this summer, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and we may have to say it went wellish. I don't know. <laughs> but you'll have to let us know if you try it, how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so true. Well, thanks so much for listening. And please tell us about your training plans for this summer uh, using that hashtag camp code. Thanks, everyone. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.